0: Good evening. We continue the series that we started a few weeks ago, and uh, today I think, I believe, it's number six, if I I remember correctly, of the Pirkei Avot. And Baruch Hashem, we get a lot of uh, great response from people who watch it on the website. So I had a feeling that people would like it, because it's words of wisdom. Of Chazal, which every Jew needs to know by heart, not only to hear once in a while. This is things that every kid has to know. Uh, so we finished last week. We finished the second chapter, and today we are starting the chapter number three. Altogether, there are six chapters in Pirkei Avot. Uh, the last thing we said last week was that uh, the obligation of every Jew is to learn Torah. Not to finish the entire Torah. To learn. To put his efforts. Obviously the, the more he does, the better it gets. But there is no obligation, oh you did hundred pages, and you did two hundred pages, so automatically you get doubled. It doesn't work that way. That's maybe in college. But when the Torah, it's based on the effort. So if a person said ten hours, and his friend said ten hours to learn, and one did ten times more than the other, doesn't make, doesn't make a difference. As far as the reward, there's no difference. Yes, he has more knowledge, because he's more talented, maybe he was born with a sharp brain, fine. But uh, the efforts, that's what determine the reward. So this is how it goes. So, so today, I'm starting the third, the third chapter. And the first Mishnah in the third chapter, it starts like this, ben All the names of this Tanaim, some of these names may sound strange to us, even to the Israelis, because it's very old names, ancient names. Most of these names nobody names anymore. But uh, you should know that every name that is mentioned in a Talmud, that means that this Rabbi was in a level that not only that he knows the entire Torah by heart, the Torah, the prophets, the Kabbalah and everything else, they were able to take a dead body and revive the person back to life, with their knowledge. To bring back the soul into the body. That's how great they were. If they were not in this level, their name is not mentioned in a Talmud. So every name here, when, just when you say the name, it's already a mitzvah. For instance, I know some people before they go to sleep, after they say Shema, they say Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva. Just say his name. It's already a holy name. It's already a mitzvah. Just saying name and falling asleep with words of holiness. Okay, so Akavia ben Malale say, "Istakel be-sheloshah dvarim ve ata le Watch, pay attention to three things. It will prevent you from making any sin. Three things, what is it? First, you always have to know and remember where you came from. Where a person came from, we'll see in a minute. Where, where are you heading to in the end? And who are you going to report and to be judged in front of? Where do you come from? One drop, drop of liquid, a person becomes from a drop. Nobody ever imagined that from a drop, all of a sudden you have a person, he's thinking, he's talking, he's remembering. So many interesting things that he comes from nothing. And then, where are you heading to? Eventually we all will end up in a grave when the worms will eat the body and the snakes and all the other things that inside the ground. They come and they eat everything. They leave nothing. So a person, by remembering who am I? I'm mean, a Mr. Big Shot. I'm on top of the world. I'm the President of the United States. Whatever I am, in the end I'm really nothing. Because if I was something important, I was something important forever. The fact that I will be ended up as a food for the worms has to remind me never to be proud. And who are we going to be judged in front of? In front of the kings of all kings, Akadosh Baruch Hu. Once a person remembers the three things where I came from, where I will end up in, and who am I going to be judged in front, right away all his ego go down to zero. The problem with the people is that they forget that. That's why they get offended, oh, they didn't give me, they didn't respect me and I deserve, I deserve better and you know, etc, etc. So the second Mishnah, Rabbi Hanina says, always hope and pray for the kingdom of the place where you live. You live in Israel, of course, you pray for the Chachamim, they are in charge, they are this is the kingdom. But what happens if you live in, uh, in, in Russia, or in the United States, or in England? Anywhere a person lives, a Jew, always hope that the kingdom will be strong. Why? Who cares about the kingdom? I care about the, the government of the United States, sure I should care. Why I should care? Because if they will collapse, people will eat one another alive. In one hour it will be the end of the world which means i give you an example if to, if today they come on a television and they announce that for one or two hours there's a strike there's no police no court no nothing for two hours whatever you want to do you can do no punishment no judgments nobody see nobody police doesn't accept any report whatever you do in these two hours you are dismissed from any punishment you know what would happen In less than an hour, it will be the end of the entire world. It won't be just a damage to the United States, you know, a a thousand people got killed. No. Once everybody will know that now there are two hours opportunity to take revenge against all my enemies, those who I hate, those who destroyed my life, every person will go right away to take revenge so it will start with millions of employees that just got recently fired from this company, from that store, from this business, right? some people will go to kill the doctors that they did not diagnose their, their, their cancer on time because of them they're going to die some of them will going to kill their ex-wives some of them going to kill, who knows, their in-laws it's going to be a disaster, the neighbor so since everybody will be killing everyone and all the minorities, all the poor people in this country will rob the stores they break the glasses, they, you know, they, they rob all the supermarkets, all the electronic stores, all the jewelry stores no police, no nothing, the stock markets all over the world will collapse people would lose all their money in one hour what's the point, they worked 40 years to gain all these millions and in a minute it all became zero on the screen they'll jump from, from their buildings, that's going to be the end of it then when people would see that that's what happened somebody that works for some military base will go crazy even today every week you hear about somebody who went crazy and started to kill innocent people just because he's angry just imagine what's going to happen somebody will shoot like 10, 20 missiles with atomic bombs and we'll be at the end of the world So it sounds crazy but it's very realistic one hour you leave the people alone that's besides all the accidents on the highway and what's going to happen because there's no police so the Gemara says always hope and pray for the kingdom to be strong if they go down you go down with them as much as you hate them you need them they are making orders in the streets you know I heard in Chicago I heard in Chicago that uh, two congress people made a vote that you must send troops to Chicago Soldiers, why? The police cannot handle the crime there The economy is bad, when the economy is bad many people begin to steal Because they don't have enough money to bring to their kids And they begin to rob and steal and there is a lot of crime The jails are packed, the court has no time to take care of it The only way to do it is to put thousands of soldiers That They see military troops all over the city, they think twice Other than that, they lose control so that's what the Gemara says. They will swallow one another alive. It's an expression. There won't be even time to kill one another. Like you swallow your enemy in a minute. Rabbi Hanina ben Tardion says, Two Jews who sit together, they eat together, they sit in a table together, and they do not discuss words of Torah. It's like a combination of bunch of clowns like clowns getting together and speak about jokes and nonsense even if they did not say one joke not necessarily they have to make fun at people and say some jokes to laugh and to drink some beer, no this is needless to say they just spoke about business, they spoke about whatever they want the fact that they gathered together and they didn't think it's important enough to say a few words of Torah in a table <laughs> like we always try to do today that shows that these people are more to the clown side than to the holy side. Then, two who sit and they have words of Torah between them, they do have, then once they speak Divrei Torah, the Spirit of Akadosh Baruch Hu come to listen, and the Hashem writes every word of Torah that goes in between them as a memory in His special book. He katev the Sefer in a book of memory of Hashem. How do we know that even one person who sits and learns Torah, has nobody to talk to? He's alone, sitting at home and learning, or in a shul, alone. Because the Torah, the, the prophet says, Yashev badad veidom alav. even sits alone and learning, even quietly, he's just reading to himself is still going to receive his reward. Why? Because every activity of Torah right away makes the place holier. Rabbi Shimon says three that eats in one table and did not say words of Torah it's like eating dead bodies God forbid, like dead animals, Nebelot. Why? Because the, the goal is always spirituality, not just eating. That's the idea. And Three that sits in the table and say words of Torah, it's like eating from the table of Hashem. It's like being a guest of Hashem in his own house, just because they mention the name of Hashem, the spirits of Hashem come down on the table. Rabbi Hanina ben Chachinai says, someone that is up in the middle of the night and walk in the streets. Now you have to remember, the streets 2,000 years ago wasn't like today. You have beautiful sidewalks, and neon lights, and uh, you know, and activity, and cars, and you know, it's a different world. In the old days, if a person would, once it's become dark, if a person would walk in the middle of the night, it's much a life risk. If you know, if you go to certain places, it's like forests, some trees, that bed animals, snakes, scorpions, robbers, all kinds of things. So walking alone in the street after it became dark, it's a life risk. So the Mishnah warns, someone who walks alone and also someone who makes his heart empty from holiness only nonsense goes inside Haareze mitchayev Benafsho is risking his life. So they're actually comparing a person who walks in a forest in the middle of the night that there could be robbers over there or bad animals to somebody who sits and learns nothing. All he cares about is news, you know, college. Where would I get my college degree? Okay, maybe important, maybe he's looking for a job. I'm not saying no. But the most important thing that a person has to remember that the purpose that Hashem put him here is to know as much a story as possible. That has to be the center of the life of the Jew. We see that it's the most important thing to Hashem. The creator of the world is very proud of us, his children, that we are busy with his Torah. Otherwise, what's the point? He did not bring us just to eat and sleep like the monkeys. And even the Goy, it's interesting, a Goy is not obligated to learn Torah. But the Gemara says that a Goy who sits and learns Torah is like a Kohen Gadol in Bet HaMikdash. A Goy, imagine some Russian guy... In Russia, or some German in Germany, or Chinese in China, sits and learns Torah. I once read an article about one uh, one guy in Austria. One guy in Austria, and that guy in Austria, all he does, he makes wine. That's his job. He sells wines, and besides the vineyards that he has, all he does is is sitting and learning Gemara. Go in Austria, sits and learn Gemara. He knows the Gemara. He knows the names of all the rabbis. He enjoys to learn Gemara. That's his thing. This goy, you understand? So somebody like this, the Gemara say, if he sits and learn Torah, it's like a Kohen Gadol. Then we continue. It says like this: <laughs> Rabbi Nechunia ben Akana says, Alav all Torah." Someone who devote is all his efforts to learn Torah. All the other errands and problems that ordinary people have pass away from him. Which means every one of us, we have to go sometimes to the doctor, to the motor vehicle, traffic, doctor's appointment, children, psychologists, this, that, all these things. Every person has a lot of waste of time, right? Has to go here, has to go there, he has a meeting there. Someone who decides that. From from now on, I don't care about anything in my life, besides to devote all my time, and the center of my life is the Torah. I don't care about cars, I don't care about clothing, I don't want to waste time, I don't care about cooking food, it's cold, it's hot, all these things I don't care about. Really I want to be a real great servant of Hashem. So automatically Hashem saves him from all the ordinary problems that ordinary people have. And I saw it in my own eyes. We have in Yeshiva all kinds of learners. Some are very serious, and some not so serious. The ones who are not serious, it's also a great thing. At least they learn a few hours a day. Better than to be on a beach and making scenes, no? But there are some that they have such willpower that you know you can never attract them to do anything besides learning. While they're eating, they're learning. When they go to bed, they fall asleep while learning. When they in the yeshiva in the lunch break, they eat five minutes, right away they run to the book. Nobody forced them, but they love it so much, they don't want to waste a minute. Let's say Friday afternoon some of the yeshiva goes to play in the park, soccer. You, you beg them to come. No, no, they always make an excuse. You come back, you see they sit and learn. They give up all these things, they don't care about it. they already reach such level. Sometimes I follow these people. i give you an example. Sometimes a person go and buy a brand new car. It can be one year old. You still smell that it almost came out of the factory. From the minute he buys it, every month problems. One day has to waste by the mechanic, another problem, little accident, three days the car is in the garage, and again an oil change and this. I knew one guy that loved to learn Torah so much, now he's in Israel. He bought an old car, you would never believe that this car can drive. And before he had the car, the person who owned it before has tons of problems. For two years he had the car, not one time he went to the garage. Not one time. Nothing. <laughs> he did not have to touch the car. As soon as he moved to Israel, he sold the car to another guy, every week he in the garage. This is just to give you an example. Why? Right? Hashem say you love me? You give all your heart for my Torah, I save you from all these little agonies and pains that I send to people. You are dismissed from that. Even to get a license, he was about to go to the motor vehicle, somebody told him, You don't have to. Give $15, there's one guy, he goes, he will do everything for you. In the last minute, so I say to him, I was wondering how Hashem will waste half of your day to go to this lousy place and stand there online. Now I got my answer. So you see, people like this have special protection. That's called all malchut ve all derech eretz. Same thing if he has a little business. All the other problems that people have in businesses, he automatically gets saved from. What? Anyway, I'm not interested in that. Hashem, I just want to eat. Give me a piece of bread, a mattress to sleep. I'm happy. <laughs> so the whole idea is that Hashem always reminding us don't be overexcited from this phony world you fall in love with that, you get addicted to materialistic things shame always reminds us, that's not what I put you here hey, eh, it could be convenience, but I, you are not here for that pay attention, whenever you order a brand new furniture always, it's gonna come with some damage scratched in the last minute, one of the legs is a little bit uh, crooked, The piece fell there always has to be something, why? Why is it? You go and you buy a $10,000 piece of furniture. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful finishing. By the time the movers brings it in and all that, all of a sudden you see something bad. You need a touch-up. Or oh, it's not what you order. Why is it? Because the people are so excited from this phony life. They think, wow, that makes me happy. And Hashem gets so upset that Jews go so low in their level that a watch makes them happy or a suit. Or, or, I don't know, any kinds of uh, gold uh, bracelet or, or even flowers. It's such nonsense that when a person gets so happy from this nonsense, that shows that it's very empty from inside. Because a person who loves the Torah never cares about what kind of watch he has, as long as it tells the time. Pretty, ugly, comfortable, name, not name, or the tie. Like today, you see it's the kids in each. yeshivot. It's not what it used to be cannot lie to ourselves. The kids today in Yeshivor and the kids 30, 40 years ago is not the same. How do you know? When kids meet each other, the first thing they do, they check, well, ah, I have a better one. Let's already show you that this kid has no future. Why, kids in the old generation, they could wear the same suit for all year and will never bother them. In the Torah, by the way, one of the things that Hashem Impress the nation of Israel with is that they did not have to change their alphabet for 40 years. That's praising them. Not—it's not a derogatory thing. If you tell a person for 40 years I'm wearing the same suit, Rabbi, 40 years every day the same suit, this, this guy's crazy. <laughs> this is not normal. He's <laughs> antique. Don't marry him. It's not. But in the time of the Torah, when Hashem could give them anything he wanted, bread is falling from heaven, everything. Why did he say, simlatcha lo balta, your clothes never w- wear off, you know, it was always still complete. So there's no, there was no reason for you to change it. So we see, when a person has to change his clothes, when it's, when it's not useful anymore, it's full of holes, it got ripped, or he, he, or he grew up, it's not his size anymore, okay, now I have to buy a new outfit. But before that, what for, just because I'm bored from that color? That's emptiness. That's emptiness. I know I'm speaking at a very high level, and I just want us to know how far we are from the ultimate truth of Hashem. What's important for Hashem, what's important to our rotten society, is completely two opposites. But the idea is, how long are we are going to stay losers? That's the question. Do we want to do something about it? Or we want to let our life pass 70 years pretending that we are religious, and in the end, we are not even in the first level. So, someone who devote all his time for Torah, Hashem re- release him from all the other obligations in life. But someone who try to get rid of the difficulty of learning Torah as much as he can, for instance, they offer in the Yeshiva, we need a volunteer to go bring the food every afternoon. There's always going to be a foolish guy who jumped. Okay, I'll go. Why? It's 20 minutes break from learning. To learn is difficult. Oh, I have an extra 20 minute break. I drive the car, I go around, I see some people on the street. I always told my student, Why are you the one who brings the food? He a mitzvah, no? I help everybody. I say, no, no. Tell me the truth. Did you really volunteer because you care about what the guys here will eat? Or you only do it because it's another 20 minutes to rest. If you really love the Torah, you would never ever agree that to get up for one minute. Because you know the reward that you're going to lose for every minute, just because you do a small mitzvah to bring some food, there's always going to be a volunteer. Why you have to jump first? When you don't want to volunteer, that shows you love the Torah. Because for every other thing you will never volunteer. Any other thing, you would never volunteer. For instance, if you be sitting, collecting money now. Let's say they put you in a room, and you collect as much as you want. There's millions of hundred dollar bills all over. Collect as much as you can. And they now need a volunteer to go bring the food. Would you leave the money and run bring the food? Of course not. What happened to the mitzvah? Why do they eat the guys? You don't care about the guys right now. You're collecting hundred dollar bills. Learning Torah is much more than collecting hundred dollar bills. Then... Rabbi Chalapta ish kvar says Ten who sit and learn Torah together Shkina Metsuya The Spirit of Hashem is among them Sheneemar Elokim Nitzav be'adat El Hashem is Adat El How did they learn that the word Adah is ten from the Meraglim? Adah means a group of Jews What happens if it's five? What happens if it's three? Even two? And as we said, even one, each one who learns, there is an X amount of spirit of Hashem, Shechina comes to that place. Rabbi Elazar ben Ishbar Tuta says, Ten lo michelo, give him from his, shelo, that yours, right? And everything that you have, it's his anyway. Which means Hashem gives each one of us parnasa. We make a living. Each one makes an X amount of money, a month. We have an obligation to give minimum 10% from the net, even 20%, depending how strong you are in faith. So some people, when they give, wow, I sacrifice so much, it's very difficult, how, how am I giving so much? So the Mishnah says, give him from his. Anyway, it's his. You're not doing him any favor. He asks you to give. So give him from his, because you and everything that you want, it's actually his. Right? And it also it says with David HaMelech, Ki mimcha kolu miyadcha Everything is from you, and whatever we give you, came from you anyway. Right? Never to forget that. Somebody walks in the street, and learning Torah while he's walking in the street, and he stops, because he saw a beautiful tree, and he says, What a beautiful tree Hashem made. Somebody like this deserves a reward or a punishment? What do you think? Person walks and he learns Torah, he learns, he goes in his mind, repeats what he just learned in Shiva on the way home, he's walking. Then he saw a beautiful, nice tree in the spring, and he said to his friend, Let's say, wow, look at this beautiful tree, how Hashem made such a beautiful tree. Right away he said, Beautiful, he's praising Hashem for the creation. That's for somebody who does nothing, it's a mitzvah. But for somebody who learns Torah to stop a minute from learning, even for that, it's a loss, not a gain. So somebody like this, somebody like this, is mamash risking his life. Of course we exaggerate a little bit, it's like an analogy. Stopping learning Torah for anything in the world, even to such a thing, needless to say for stupid things, how much was the game? Who won in the middle of the Torah? Who who got elected to be the new Prime Minister? You know, that's already obviously. So they give you an extreme example that even to stop and praise Hashem and be impressed from His creation you're not allowed. Everything else is needless to say. Rabbi Dostai, the Rabbi Anai, it says in the name of Rabbi Meir, someone who forgets his Mishnayot. He learns all the Mishnayot, and then he forgets the Mishnah. Also, is risking his life. What's the the connection? Because the Torah says be very careful and watch your soul very carefully that you will never forget the things that your eyes saw. Which means, sometimes people learn and then they neglect what they learn, they don't repeat. And then after a year you don't remember anything. Ah, you're learning, you're learning, you're learning. Somebody comes a year later, you what what's the story? I don't remember. What do you mean? You're, you're 20 years in Yeshiva, I don't remember anything you learn. So the minimum is to repeat everything we learn at least four times. Four times. If you don't learn four times every page, you will not remember. But if you want to remember it for the rest of your life, even eight years later, to know everything by heart, you have to learn 101 times. It's a secret in this number. That's King Solomon told us the secret. You want to learn and never forget? 20, 40, 50 years later, somebody wake you up at 3 o'clock at night? What is the Mishnah in Brachot, chapter uh, 2, uh, the, the second Mishnah? Right, or you tell him by heart? Eight years later, why? You learn it 101 times, you will never ever forget it again. Since, obviously, we're not in a level to learn everything hundred and one times, even though there are some people who does it, but ordinary people do not do it, so at least four times minimum to have good understanding and memory about it. Then, Rabbi Chanina ben Dosa says, Kol chokhmato, chokhmato Vekol en Translation. There are two things about the person. One is his wisdom. And one, his irat shamayim, his fear for Hashem, which means how he keeps the mitzvot. When you see a person that knows a lot of Torah, but is not so careful keeping the mitzvot, all the Torah that he knows, for sure one day will drip and will be lost. If a person doesn't know that much, but everything he knows he keeps very strictly, Even everything he's going to learn will be kept by him. Why? What comes first? What's more important? Knowledge? Or to translate the knowledge to actions? If a person knows so much Torah and in the end, he speaks all the El it's not so strictly kosher, you know, he does all kinds of bad things, where exactly this Torah is bringing him? The idea is that, how do you know if a person will have blessing in the Torah that he learned when you see how he behaves? Shulchan Aruch says that if the teacher that teaches you Torah is not a decent person, you're not allowed to learn Torah from him. So if you know about one person who gives a shiur that is messing around with ladies, or is crooks with money, he cheats people in business, you know, he walk, let's say he also works and he has a business and he's not an honest person. He cheats his customer, he gives them warranty and doesn't respect his word. He, he tells them it's brand new and he says something that's not so new. He's, he's uh, shaming uh, the, the, the Jewish religion when a goy comes, he makes Chilul Hashem, And then in the morning, after the prayer, he gives a shiur and a shul. No, don't learn from him. There's no blessing in such Torah. Why? Because Hashem says in the Torah, Hashem said to the wicked person, Who put you here to teach my laws? I'm not interested in you. Since Hashem is upset from him, even the Torah he teaches no blessings. So we've to be very careful who we're learning Torah from. Because believe me, there's a lot of fakers out there. That's why we look the way we look. So the Torah, the Shulchan Aruch said, Talmud Chacham Shemidotav Raot Nevelas tova Someone who knows a lot of Torah, but his behaving is horrible. He behaves bad. He cheats. He steals. He's lazy, he's saying bad things about people all the time, he's jealous, he's greedy, whatever, all the bad things that a person can have. Nevelas Rucha, which means a dead rat in the street, is already better than him. Why? The dead rat has no free choice. The, the rat is dead, it's dead, it's stinks, it's not his fault. But he stinks because it's his fault. It's a different if it's your fault or it's not your fault. You understand? Nobody ever got punished from being born ugly or short or anything or with a defect. Nobody gets punished for that. You get only punished for something you chose to do bad. For that you are responsible. So the idea to keep the Torah that you learn is to live according to what you learn. If you learn like it's in college. ah. Rabbi, I'm not in court right now, I'm a lawyer, when I'm in court, I behave like a lawyer. Now I'm a clown, because I'm with my children. Fine, with laws, it can be. He's a doctor in his office, when he's home, he can be whatever he wants. But with the Torah, it's not two different categories. Whatever you learn, that's how you have to be. If you learn, to be, if you learn that there's mitzvah to be generous, you have to be generous. The so mitzvah, not to be jealous, cannot be jealous. If you know that you have to fear Hashem, and Hashem is watching you every second, you have to live accordingly. If you, don't, if you have two different lifestyles, only here, when you're in this town, when it's all religious people, you're very religious. Then one day you go to Puerto Rico, you fold your beard, you put a, a baseball cap, the next thing they find you on the beach with all the poor, Puerto Rican naked ladies. What are you doing here? You're learning in yeshiva? No, what are you doing here? No, we need some rest sometimes. It shows that he's rotten from his foundation. Because it it's, it cannot be that a person will be religious two three months when he's in one place and every time they go on a show to Vegas or to Hong Kong all of a sudden he becomes a goy. It shows you that even when he's in a religious town he's rotten. it's all a show. A person cannot change his identity. That's what it says. The, the the prophet says a, a sentence. It's very famous in Hebrew. Can a black person replace his skin and become white? No. The the, the the leopard, the leopard can change the skin, the color of all these stains that it has on his body, cannot change. So that's how Hashem, me Hashem cannot be changed. Same thing. A black person cannot become white or or white become black, or the leopard cannot become a bear same thing here, if a person is a tzaddik, is a tzaddik everywhere. If you see him once in a while that he's not or sometimes you see religious people, that they do all kinds of insurance frauds, tricks, you know, UPS tricks, they got the package they don't report, they already collected insurance, so when you say to them hey what are you doing, it's against the Torah, I say hey Torah, it's in Momsi. Now we're in Manhattan, we have to make a living. That's, you see, this person is not religious, it's all a fake. If you're religious, it doesn't matter where you are, you have to be honest, no matter where you are, whether you're in China, whether you're on the moon, you don't touch something without permission. Stealing, it shows you not, it's all a fake. I remember one time, uh, one supposedly religious guy came to me to sell me life insurance. But not for me. <laughs> he didn't come to sell me life insurance for me. To sell me life insurance for an old man that he knows that people buy a policy and they are the beneficiary on the life of this old man. So what's the trick? He say buy life insurance on the old man. In his ID, it shows that it's 70. They made a mistake, it's really 80. But they do not know it. When he came from Europe, they made a mistake in his ID they change the date by, by ten years. So I know him. We know the family. I know he's eighty. You know, we even know his son. He has a son that is almost sixty. So he cannot be seventy. But you know the difference buying an insurance on a seventy years old and on an eighty years old. In seven years, you'll pay three, four hundred dollars a month. On an eighty years old, it can be two thousands of dollars a month because eh, that's it. He's already one one leg already in the next life. So I told him, but I don't understand, but it's fraud. You're stealing money from them. So he looks at me and says, why? It's their problem, they do not know. I say, well, I showed you that it's fraud. So now, in one minute, I don't know, maybe he was pretending that he's shocked. Maybe he knew all alone, and he was still doing it on purpose. He looked at me like he was speechless. He couldn't say a word. He's going from one person to another. Selling them insurance. I told him, wait and see, in the end this old man will bury all the people who bought policies on him. <laughs> he continued to live for many years. Everybody prayed for this old man to die. And Hashem said, You know what? The more you pray for him to die, the longer he will live. Why? That's how you want to make your money on another person's sorrow and pain. Then here is another interesting say, Call Sheruha Briyot nohamimeno. Every person that everyone is comfortable with. Nobody hates him. Nobody speaks hara about him. Nobody has anything bad to say about him. Somebody like this automatically has good points in heaven. Even if he's not the most righteous person, just the fact that you can never find one person on earth that has something bad to say about him, it helps him a lot. On the other hand, somebody that almost every other person has something bad about him, even though he keeps the mitzvot, the fact that you have so many enemies already make your situation not as good. You know, one guy he came to the rabbi So, said, Rabbi, I was introduced to this girl for shiduch to get married why do you have to tell me about her family? They live next town so the rabbi said go to that town when you come off the train the first person you see on the street stop him and ask him about that family Whenever he tells you, that's what you do. If he tells you it's good family, marry her. If he tells you it's bad family, take the train and come right back, don't even meet her. Sabai, so, whatever you say I do, he goes on a train, he gets to that town, he comes off, you know that family? First person who knew them, right away he told him, Oh what a great guy, the father, I love him. It's a great family, great girl, everything is perfect. <laughs> so he went, he got engaged. He likes the girl, everything's fine, they got engaged just when he got married a week after, every place he goes people told him, you the one who married her, wow, poor guy, what a mistake how did you do such a mistake you know how many shiduchim she was offered, not one person wanted her so he said, why, what happened, he said, her father is the biggest crook you know how many people he stole their money here, everybody hates him here, it's such a crooked family (laughs) so he went crazy, wow, look at me, everywhere I go So he ran quickly to the rabbi. said, rabbi, everyone in town knows that they're bad. You know everyone. For sure you know they're bad. Why you didn't warn me? So the rabbi told him, I know that this town has thousands of people. And I know that everybody in that town hates this family. Except one person. As one person that is just as bad as them, and he loves them. Min <laughs> I say to myself, what is the chance that from all the people in town, the first person you're going to ask if this family is good or bad will be that one. What's the chance? One to ten thousand? If from all of the people in the world Hashem sends you that guy to tell you that they're good, you have to sleep very well at night. Why? Right? Because you know you are one of the only people in the world that can swear that they marry their right soulmate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, no doubts here. <laughs> no doubts here. <laughs> so I don't think that this could be coincidence. So Hashem wanted you to marry her Now go and check yourself why you ended up with this family. You understand? <laughs> what the bad people don't have to get married. They have to get married with who? With bad people like them. That's what happened. It's been always the case. So, so, it, it continues and says like this, Rabbi Dosa ben Harkina says, Shena shel shacharit, oversleeping in the morning, waking up very late, drinking alcohol, wine, heavy wine, in the middle of the day, and sitting and playing with the kids, wasting your day, and sitting together with all the ignorance in the shul, they don't come to shul to pray, they come to talk about ha and da the vacation, the business, what store you open, what store, what stock to buy you know these old people that say they don't know two words in Torah but every day they come to shul, they look like such tzaddikim, but the only reason they come it's like an old age club for them they come, they bring newspapers good thing they don't bring cards to play inside you know if the rabbi wouldn't be there, they probably would do the same so it says, somebody who oversleep, wastes his time waking up 10, 11, 12, whatever sitting with the ignorance, drinking alcohol during the day, he is destroying his life. Wasting his entire life. You know, I knew a guy that wasn't religious. But he was very, very successful in everything he touched. Even though he was a crook, he was a liar, he was deceiving people, he was a pretender, everything. He was a Rashi artist. But he had success in his businesses. You know why? At 7 o'clock in the morning, he was already in his office. Secular people are not such hardworking. They like to sleep. If they can, they sleep until 12, especially if they went up the night before. So once in a while, you see a hardworking guy that is not lazy, that is waking up very early. This guy, no matter what, 7 o'clock, already was in his office. A hardworking guy. So he saw results in his work. Most of the people, especially in America, most of the stores, they don't open. Nine, 9, thirty, ten o'clock. In Israel, 8 o'clock, the store is packed with customers already. 8 o'clock in the morning, businesses are open, most of the places you go. If, you have, if you're working for an office, for a company, officially it started at 8. Same thing school. Some schools started at 7. In the morning. You know, in order for you to have blessing in your efforts in life, I'm not talking Torah and mitzvot now. Talking ordinary business, it's very important to start the day early. You start the day early, your day will be blessed. You start it very late, you see that you would not be successful in anything you do. Then, someone who disrespect Chola Moed, you have first holiday, second holiday, in between you have Chola Moed. Which means he walks as usual, he doesn't care, he doesn't pay attention to the halachot in Shulchan Aruch. And someone who take the sanctified sacrifices, the Kodashim, and touch it with, pure, with impure hands, and make it tameh, make it impure. And somebody who embarrassed his friend in public, in front of people. Why are you lying? I saw you there. You, no, it's not true. You're not, it wasn't you, it was somebody else. All kinds of things like this that you hear all the time. Oh, you gain a lot of weight, what happened? Since you got married, I see you eating a lot. Things like this, that may look like a small joke, sometimes can destroy a person. Or someone who making sex crimes with the ladies and doesn't watch his covenant with Hashem, Brit Milah, and someone who modified the Torah, according to his convenience, it's allowed, you can steal from the Goim. who told you you can't? Only from a Jew is a vaccine, I never steal from Jews, only from none. All kinds of lies that they make to make their things, to justify their sins, even if he knows a lot of Torah, which means he learns a lot of Torah, if you don't learn you don't know, even if he does a lot of good things, he has no share to the world to come. What? What for? Disrespecting Holamoe, because you say, ah it's a weekday, look, we're allowed to drive, we're allowed to use electric. So what's the big deal if I go to the business as usual? What's big what's the big deal? Right? Someone who embarrassed other Jews in public. Sex crimes. Modifying the Torah and saying wrong things for people. That you want to use, I mean if you have an agenda, you want to read something, so you're twisting it according to your agenda. Even, world, even if he knows a lot of Torah, and he, he does a lot of positive things, it would still take away his world to come. It's a big risk. Especially, someone who embarrasses his friends in public, he has no share to the world to come. It's like spilling his blood. If you embarrass a person, what happened to him? He becomes very red. What's the connection of being embarrassed in your heart to become red? In your face. You don't become red in your legs. You don't become red in your hands. You become red in your face. Why? Because the blood cells, the red blood cells in the skin, under the skin, they all explode. And what you see, the redness is really blood. If you didn't have skin, it was all blood coming out from the organs, from the system. Just the fact that you embarrass a person can cause the blood to go into the face and explode. That's how bad it is. So that's why they say it's like spilling his blood. Almost finished this and we'll finish for today. We're almost done. Rabbi Ishmael says you have to be kal Rosh, I will explain. What does it mean? Make yourself always available to help important people. If there's a rabbi in your area, he came from Israel, and he doesn't know the city, he came to collect for his yeshiva. Don't wait until he comes to you, Motzei Shabbat, and beg you if you can pick him up and take him to his place. You have to run to him and say, Listen, I know that you're here and you don't have transportation. Can I lend you a car? Or can I drive you for an hour or two? Or if you get stuck somewhere and you need help, if you need help, I don't know, whatever, you have a suitcase, you have a place to sleep, uh, uh, you need addresses of people, maybe I can help you they i giving you some of my rich friends that you can call them, maybe they'll help your yeshiva. So by helping people like these, that shows you care about Hashem. It's not, you're not doing it to get something from Him anyway, He cannot give you anything. It shows that you really love Hashem. So, then... Noach letishchoret means it's even though you're an older person and there's somebody very young that knows Torah more than you usually the older people get offended if the young people get more respect, right? If somebody is sixty seven years old and they give respect to 16, 17 that knows a lot of Torah you know like Rabbi Ovadgar Yosef in his 20s already was a big judge in court in his 20s when he was a kid, one time he came from the yeshiva, and all the briske, the biggest Talmidei hachamim of the briske yeshiva, with the big rabbi, which was a giant. They came out of the yeshiva on Shabbat, they were all walking with the rabbi. And the little boy Ovadia was walking in the street. Little boy! Yeah, teenage! So I asked them, he was always asking, what, what did the rabbi say? What, what did you learn today? They always wanted to learn. So they told him, wow, we have a big question. We're breaking our head already for a whole full day. The Rebbe asked this question, and we're trying to see how, how, how the answer is going to be. So he told him, "It cannot be. That's a clear Yerushalmi. Gemara in Yerushalmi, this page, it's speaking about this question and giving the answer. Right away he told them the whole page by heart. His brain like, his, like a computer. So he got very angry. Who is this little boy he knows in the Rebbe the big chief Rebbe he didn't know that? He made a big deal out of it in Yeshiva. In the end it's a whole page. So what? Even the biggest Rabbi in the world, some pages they know they forgot, they don't know by our what we angels, we love angels. When he when he was a kid, some of the biggest rabbis were very old. When they saw him they used to rise in front of the whole audience. Why? To show them this is the new giant. Even though he was a kid you know the story that one day he disappeared from the yeshiva for three days. And his father, he had a grocery, a little grocery. So his rosh Yeshiva of Ezra Atiyah was a Syrian rabbi, a very holy man. He saw that Ovadia is not coming to yeshiva for three days. So he ran to his father's grocery to ask if he's sick. Then he sees he's cutting cheese. So what are you doing here? I told him, you know, my father is alone. He cannot run the business on his own. I have to help him so he came to his father, he said, why well, are you you're taking your kid out of learning Torah or to helping us? you couldn't find a, another solution? he said, no I cannot afford to hire another person he can help me, I'm an old man, I cannot do it on my own so the rabbi told him, don't worry, send him back to the shiva every day, I come to work for you I work for you, he took his sleeves up I help you in the store then after an hour that he was there, all the customers from this neighborhood saw the big Rosh Yeshiva standing cutting cheese they started to scream at his father, What are you doing? His father, Yaakov, his name was. What are you doing? You're making the rabbi cut cheese? Ah, we're not going to come. So he said, okay, rabbi, forgive me. Go, go, go back to the shivan. That's how he saved him. And today he's the biggest rabbi in the world. Just think about what would happen if you go and stay in a, in a grocery. One time, he broke his two legs. Two legs. And one very big rabbi went to visit him in the hospital. He was in his 20s. So they told the rabbi, Rabbi, I, we know to go and visit the patients in a, in a hospital is a very big mitzvah, but compared to learning Torah, there's nothing to compare. You go to make one mitzvah and you lose a million. The time that you're going to go and travel there and this and that, you lose a million mitzvot to make one. That doesn't make sense. So I told them, even though I do not know the, this guy, personally, I have an obligation to go visit him. Say so why? Say so because I heard how he broke his legs. It clears to me that he's going to be one day the most important Talmud Chacham in the world. It clears to me. So how do you know? You have a vision? He said, no, common sense. How did he break his legs? In the yeshiva you have a ladder you know, the, the books sometimes are very high, all the way by the ceiling he cannot reach, so he has a ladder, he climbed on the ladder, and he took the book now he doesn't want to go up and down, so he stays on the ladder, and he reads two or three pages that he needs to read from that book, so he stands on the ladder, he, reads, so, he goes so deep into the learning, thinking when he finished, he put the book back, and he started to walk and he fell from the ladder, and he broke his two legs so he says, somebody that can stand on a ladder and learn Torah and forget that he's on a ladder, that shows that he can go so deep into the Torah, he's not a regular person. I have to go visit him. He was right. Six years later, you saw the results. There's many other stories, there's not the time now for that. Rabbi Akiva says, Being a joker always want attention, to say jokes that people would laugh at everything you say or do, make you automatically following all kinds of sex crimes with the ladies. Somebody wants to be the clown of the gang, it's eventually you will end up making scenes with the ladies more than another person. Because the attention... When it comes from the ladies, the man is more satisfied than when he, some of his friends giving him some attention. Oh, he so saw this girl was laughing, that girl was laughing. The next day, a week later, you see him making scenes with them. Okay, so a person has to know, yeah, here and there you can say a joke. I'm not saying you have to be uh, cold as ice all your life. But you make it an addiction, but all you care about is these. Everywhere you see, sometimes in a class. It's the nightmare of every teacher. There's always one or two clowns in a class that ruins the entire year. Why? They need attention. So they always try to make everybody laugh. Then, You want to be rich? You must make, make sure that you give at least 10% of your net income from all sources. Out, out of your territory. Give it out. If you don't, then don't, be com- don't complain that right? you're not growing and there's no blessing in the money that you make. Siag, Siag means a watch. A, a, to watch something. To guard it. To make a fence around it. Siag chokhmash tika. You want to be wise? You want to be smart? Don't talk too much. Talk only when it's necessary. Make it, keep it short to the point. Sometimes a person calls you in three sentences you got the problem. Sometimes a person talks to you twenty minutes to say one little question. Uh, you try not to be rude, you know, because then the people, they don't understand that the rabbi already understood the question in, in less than ten seconds. But they want to talk. Sometimes it's not about the question, it's about somebody to listen to them. Just to talk, you know. I know one rabbi, he puts the phone down and he makes them think that he's listening to them and he sits and learns because he already got the question in a first second as soon as they call, he already got the question but they talk and they talk, so he doesn't want <coughs> to cut them short then they get angry so in the end, as soon as the noise in the phone stops, he picks up the phone, he answers the question they are very happy, both sides are happy you understand? same thing in a lecture, sometimes you have a guy as soon as you say something, he goes like this the speaker is experienced enough to know what the question Because it's been already hundreds of times in the past. Every time he spoke about that subject, right away somebody jumped in that word. So he already knows the questions. So he he said, okay, what's your question? So the guy's starting to say the first two, three words. So he said, okay, I got it. But always, you see, the guy's never stop. He continue to talk. Why you don't trust him that he got it? Save time for everyone. Why are you wasting now two minutes until you finish the entire question? He got the question already. People like to talk. The more you talk, the worse it gets. Just focus on what you really must, must say. By the way, you should know that the Holy Book says that a person has X amount of words that he can speak in his life. If he finished them earlier than expected, his life getting shorter. So you have to know, if you are supposed to say a billion words in your life, don't talk too much. Like this, you live longer life. <laughs> talk nonsense. Age 60, Hashem calls you back. Hashem, what? I just became a grandfather. He couldn't give me 10, 15 more years? Like almost everyone? You finish your, uh, your words. That's it. <laughs> you want to be a 15 years mute here? Hey, I can make you mute. Don't worry. Understand? So this is the idea, not to talk too much. Then... Every human being is likable, is, Hashem likes him just because he was created in Hashem's spiritual image, not physical image, spiritual image. That means every person in the world that was created has something spiritual in him, even the goim. Betzelom Elohim Adam is the Genesis right in the beginning, that's what it says. Israel, but the nation of Israel have extra specialty. They are even more liked by Hashem. Makom Because the Torah said that Hashem told the nation of Israel, You are my children, and he never said to any other nation in the history. And, and there is another reason why Hashem liked the nation of Israel more than He liked all the other nations. Because they are the one who sits and learns Torah all the time. So automatically, by sitting and learning Torah, automatically Hashem has special desire for you. That He likes you more than somebody who doesn't. I gave you a great wisdom, Do not leave my Torah, even for a minute. I think that we will finish here now. We did almost most of the chapter today. The next week, we will start Bezrat Hashem about the free choice. It starts here, this Mishnah. If Hashem knows the future, how exactly it works for us. This is what He's speaking about. It's a little bit longer than the rest of the Mishnah We'll keep it for next week. Bezrat Hashem. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen v'amen.